So this uh, this is going to be an episode. I have no idea what's happening. Sure is. I don't even know. Apparently, Nick's internet is terrible quality. Mike, we don't really know because it's supposed to be good, but he's not. He got the HD oh, symbol, so who knows? Trust me. Um, it's the HSD you've ever seen. We do have some follow-up to do from the summer. Like I, I, This episode is called the Back From Summer Podcast Extravaganza. <laughs> Excellent. And so I thought I could summarize part, at least the, the future chat unwind media part of my summer by saying SpaceX landed several more rockets. Uh, several more bottles of Soylent were consumed. Uh, and the last part in the notes here is that I have no idea what city Nick is in. He could be anywhere in Alberta almost. What if I'm not in Alberta? What then? No, you're in Alberta, but I don't know where. How do I'm you know? I'm fairly confident. Yeah. I'm in Calgary. Okay. I'm okay. now working at a lab near the airport. Nice. And also near the Minhas Brewery. <laughs> it's a good spot. Sounds pretty good. Yeah. I, I've only actually been here like three weeks, though. Right. So you don't have the lay of the land yet. Yeah. One, once I moved to Edmonton, like Calgary was completely swept from my mind. <laughs> I was all trying to commute and I was like, what is this? Leghet rail that they have. Yeah, it was crazy. That's the name of a beer. Leghet rail. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Did you forget how to speak English? <laughs> Confused. <laughs> Just a little bit. They don't speak English up in Edmonton. It's actually a slight regional dialect. <laughs> they don't call it Edmonton. They call it Edmonton. E m m i n t o n. Edmonton. Kind of like Toronto. Toronto. There's only one still apostrophe R a n n a. Rob, you still or said Calgary. Toronto. Did I? Yeah, you said Toronto. Toronto? You did a bit of a T cell. No. <laughs> See, and Calgary so, uh, has only one A. No, Calgary is K Y A L G R E E. Calgary. Yeah. Yeah, Calgary. Right, one A. Carmel. Calgary. <laughs> I'll just sit here for the rest of the episode mulling over. <laughs> the names of uh, different different cities not vancouver but vancouver similarly hmm. not bancroft but bancroft right. or as one as one of our friends pointed out in second year it's not belleville it's belleville belleville i concur on a related note maria started noticing hearing me say a boat and house a boat and horse. <laughs> Which I, I never order the horse to go a boat. I never noticed myself saying that before, but when she brings it up, I'm like, "Holy crap! I did say that." And it's very. Mike, are you going to go to the show in the snow? <laughs> <laughs> and and also on an even more tangentially related note, Emma says things like "can" and "hand." Instead of can and As hand. opposed to the usual 
it's it's a more it's stressed and nasally ah sound. Canned? Yeah, like can. Oh. <laughs> so I have a story about that syllable too. <laughs> so um our old roommate from Sri Lanka, uh she had an accent, obviously. But well not obviously, but she had an accent. And so we we have the dog trained so that if she drops the ball like too far away from you, I actually trained her and I'm pretty, pretty excited about this. You reach your hand out all the way, make a grabbing motion and say, Bailey, I can't reach. And so then she picks it up and drops it closer to you. <laughs> but when Damagi said it, like the, her English has almost a British accent to it. So she'd say, Bailey, I can't reach. And Bailey would just like look at her like, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> and so eventually we said, try saying it like can't reach, like put a Y in there. And so she goes, okay, Bailey, I can't reach. And Bailey's like, oh, I got this. <laughs> Picks up the ball and moves it towards her. And then like Damagi just sat at the table for like five minutes giggling. He's like... <laughs> Mommy, I can't hear you. <laughs> so, Nick, um, can you are you available for training other dogs? Because my dog is an ass, and he is very he holds the ball. He will not let it go. You have to steal it from him. And if I want him to go get a ball that I can't reach, I have to say I'm going to get it, and then he'll immediately run over and get it first, and then so. <laughs> I mean, part of that. Part of that training, and this is true almost of all dogs, um, is you have to, they have to be motivated. Mm -hmm. So Bailey and Shetland sheepdogs in general are very motivated to please you. Right. And so it makes them easier to train that way. But Bailey specifically is also highly motivated by play. Right. And so like you just have to stop playing if she doesn't do what you want. Mm-hmm. So, so like if you're yeah. if you're in the mood to like tug of war it, like you can do that. But if you want Teddy to drop it, you don't take it from him. Right. Well, he, see, he doesn't get he, he's kind of on that because he doesn't get the concept of drop it so I can throw it again. But he will bring it over right to your hand and even like hit you in the hand with it. But he won't let it go. He wants you to either try and take it from him. And once you get it from him, he's immediately like, okay, you're going to throw it. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Go. And then we can repeat that pattern over and over. But he, the only problem is that he won't drop it. He'll just bump you with it. No, that's like, that's the default for most dogs. Yeah. It's very annoying because I just want him to just, drop it and then I'll throw it. <laughs> or like, I mean, what you can do, and this is... <laughs> Now, Rob, what you're going to want to do is you kind of grab them by the back of the jaw, right? Mm. You just put a touch of pressure there and their jaw is going to want to open, see? That means they drop the ball, you pick up the ball, you throw the ball, and you just do that until Teddy, uh, Teddy drops the ball for you. Not that dropping the ball for you is something I want people to do in general. But in this case, it's literally what Teddy needs to do for you. Right. Oh, yeah. I, I have noticed that if I, if I take both hands and I grab, hand, grab the ball like from the back half, 
that's the part that's in his mouth, like I grab both mm-hmm. sides of his jaw. I can pull and it, he'll usually let it go much easier, but he definitely doesn't drop it unless I really mm. yank on it. But that's good no, that advice. I'll try that. Do you have more willpower than this dog does? Sometimes. Sometimes he has more. Because you can also like, just like <laughs> wait until he drops the ball. Yeah. Pick up the ball and throw it. Yeah. Oh, but I, it's, I've got, done if that you got, it's got to be immediate. Yeah. Just, just don't don't engage, Rob. And make sure that nobody else engages too, because that'll totally screw it up. Right. <laughs> I'll give those uh, those a try then, and I'll I'll report back for sure. Okay. It's all operant training, Rob. Yeah. You can do this. Mm-hmm. You took Psych 101 or 1101, I possibly 1301. I definitely took that class. I definitely it was in a three-hour class at night, and I definitely never stayed for the second half. <laughs> <gasps> and you de- definitely got credit for it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I remember a lot of it, but I never learned half of it. In fourth year university, I that's like me with my philosophy class. Like I hadn't class. taken. I took a nighttime philosophy class. I mean, it was evening, and there were like fifteen people in it. I remember taking it. I remember talking about stuff. I even remember writing a couple papers, but I remember nothing from it. Yeah. So in fourth year of university, I took a psychology course because I had taken no electives like all university. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, no, I need these to graduate. And so I took a psych 101 course. I actually got top marks in the class basically because I wasn't a frosh. Hmm. Nice. Makes sense, actually. (laughs) I well, it was on one specific exam, but it was like I went to class and I did the readings. It was a guaranteed A plus after that. It makes sense, actually. <laughs> so we do, despite having a lack of things to talk about, we do have some things that I at least wanted to talk about. I have no idea what, what you guys want to do. Um, but I think before we actually get into the show, we should confirm that we are actually doing what we have started to do, which is venture into not a future chat, not an East meets West, not any other podcast, but I I do feel like talking about philosophy, talking about the pronunciation of words. These are seeds of thought, so to speak. And so this podcast will probably become packaged up as a seeds of thought episode, which is the new podcast that I launched. Is that okay? What? When? Where? Well, on online media. This is actually news to me. I don't know if you told Mike or not, but this is news to me. Well, I saw tweets and Facebook posts about it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Which I've not been on Twitter or Facebook. And I, I'm i not promoting it yet other than doing those things. So I, I am fully okay with that because it's kind of, it's a soft launch. I don't have, I'm not, it's, this is not like the uh, the unmade podcast where they put three or four in the can and then released one so this is a 10 ply launch yes this is a very soft launch Mm. it makes me feel better that having been a guest on fake it twice Twice. those those episodes are now legacy episodes they are legacy episodes yeah so i'm i'm pretty excited the first nine are are considered beta episodes in this feed 0.1 through 0.9 
I like to I like to f- <laughs> think that I was the foundation and motivation behind this new podcast of yours. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the 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 idea that I have been thinking of is that the first podcast that first podcast that I had was called Fake It and having now faked it until I've made it this new podcast I have in fact made it which What did you make? Is it just the new podcast? No, it. Like I <laughs> I have made it. Like just I'm now the podcast. I've arrived. What, yeah. what are the viewership numbers that qual uh, qualify or quantify making it it's a state of being and <laughs> i feel gotcha. like i have achieved it <laughs> cool yeah uh, all together there's so there's a podcast uh which is called seeds of thought which apparently this is going to be an episode of there is a youtube channel which i posted one video on this past week and there's the rebranding of the website, which I launched last April, which is called Thought Grapes, which is the same name as the YouTube channel, because I like this whole, I like the grape theme. As I, as I discussed with Mike, when I was trying to brainstorm names, it uh, I definitely liked the grape theme. There's a lot of branding opportunity I, I, and the domain I, was available. I could not pull so... you away from the grape theme at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very Personally, excited. I would have gone with barley, but you I, are the, the, uh, Oh, what was your title that I had? The, the tyrant of <laughs> Unwind Media? Yes, Overthrow Rob. Is that that was the name of the Yeah, channel? hashtag Overthrow Rob. <laughs> now, to be clear, this new branding, you've retconned the fake it brand. Yeah. You're riding as coattails. And people yeah. who have come expecting fake it are now gonna be sorely disappointed. So as far as I know, it's just pocket casts that didn't make the transition. So I also don't know what's going to happen with new episodes, because if you're only seeing old ones, you might not be redirected to the new feed. Here, let me check to see. If so I changed. really don't know. I will check. It probably won't have changed, but it's, it's odd. Nick, I just checked and thoughtbarley.com is available. So if you want to make that website happen... Vodka and Equations could become Thought Barley. <laughs> no, Vodka and Equations is already... Sorry, you actually caught me mid, like, <laughs> chewing peanut butter. That's okay. Um, no, Vodka and Equations is very definitely what that blog will be called. Yeah. No, no, I'm just saying you, you brought up Thought Barley as, as a branding opportunity, and I'm presenting it to you as being available. Do you like wine over beer, Rob? Is that what you're telling me? I don't think so. Is barley used in wine? No, but well, grapes are. You can have barley wine. Well, in that can't sense, you? can you? <laughs> oh man, do you want to talk about barley wine? Because that's a whole other thing. Well, I'm just trying to clarify here because you just quickly said no when my understanding—it's not wine. Different. Oh, here we go. No, it, it's <laughs> it's a very different beverage. Mm. Kind of like ginger beer, not beer. Root beer, not beer. Beer nuts, not beer. <laughs> Peanut butter, not beer. <laughs> Coffee, not beer. Peanut butter, not butter. Well. So, did it? Whoa, don't, dude. Don't don't go there. Mike's showing a screenshot. Well, it's not a screenshot. It's live and it's not. Well, it's a not screen updated. grab. It's, it's not updated. Okay, so you. 
Fake it. So we've learned today that Pocket Cast doesn't respect 302 redirects. At some point, I'm going to change from a 302, which is a temporary redirect, to a 301, which is a permanent redirect. And then we'll have to see if that, if it respects those. So you're only half in on this rebranding, Rob? Is that what you're trying to say? No, I wanted to see what would happen if I did a temporary one first, if that would mm. change everybody over. Well, now we know. Then at, at, a, at a certain point, FeedBlitz, the feed reader that I use, um, they have a 30-day redirect thing where for 30 days, it will just say like all traffic redirect to this new address and then it'll shut off. And so I'm doing the temporary one for a while and then I'll do that 30-day migration thing. Gotcha. So in the meantime, so I won't see. be listening to these episodes until... Well, that's what I mean. Changes. And you don't even get the new ones because somehow they're not in the feed. <laughs> I think I might have paused the feed. Is that what happened? Maybe? I don't know. It's all very odd. Mm. Very odd. Have you tried to download the episodes? Do they download? I have not tried to download the episodes. Because I'd... I'm sure they I'd would. They're just they direct links wouldn't. to media files, aren't they? Right. But if the if the link has changed... <laughs> The link. Which maybe it hasn't. Like through the Unwanted Media site? No, I mean to the media files, the, to their location. Maybe they haven't changed. No, I guess they wouldn't have changed. I'd still be curious to know if they actually download because it seems like it would be weird if they did. So we've decided this is the Seeds of Thought podcast. I propose... I. I'm getting too far into the federal government. I'm not going to propose the, the motion to enter the main part of the episode. Is that okay with everyone? I second the motion. Great. I object. Mike? <laughs> Damn it, Mike. Results are two to one. Motion carries. <laughs> uh, so I Can wanted... I be speaker of the podcast? No. I don't think that's Damn a good it. idea. <laughs> we'll never, ever get done. You just have to like address everything you say to me. And if you and Mike get in an argument, it has to be all like through me. The honorable member from way too south in Calgary would like <laughs> would like to address the honorable member from not actually downtown, but not in the suburbs either of Ottawa. <laughs> Actually, no, I'd, I'd probably phrase it more as like uh, downtown in <clears throat> air quotes. Down, downtown? <laughs> Who's going for it? So, uh, the first... Downtown! I thought that might have been coming, and it was. <laughs> yep. The first I thing I want to talk about, it. since this is a back from summer extravaganza, is what we all did this summer from... The beginning of July when I published my first Samsung review to the end of July when I published my second Samsung <laughs> review, a lot of things have, have happened and have changed, for me at least, and I feel like probably for you guys as well. So, uh, Mike, I'm going to start with you. What are your highlights that you'd like to share from the summer? Uh, probably the main one is that I camp now. I, I didn't used to camp. <laughs> But now I camp. <laughs> Maria Maria has motivated Not me. Not only that you did to, camp, but you now are a camper. If you say so. Um mm. well you just said it, so Well no, you said that. I just use it as the 
uh, something infinitive state of yeah but word. you you didn't say i camped you said i camp as in that is the your speaker state of being would now. encourage mike to move on <laughs> with the story i guess it's not gonna get any better from here um anyway basically i i hadn't really seen the appeal of camping prior to this summer but Rhea's like we should camp i was like oh, okay i think the main thing for me was just there's so many variables with weather and just being a pain in the butt to set up but i mean like the weather worked out and the stuff we have it's fairly easy to set up uh, so yeah it was good it was it was nice nice change from what we normally do you're right that story did not get better <laughs> <laughs> i did that's why i didn't promise it would so i mean i want to temper the expectations and i'm glad those expectations were met well i mean what is camping but like setting up for a few days in the woods or mm-hmm. like woods equivalent Rob, or yep. Nick you don't have to it's just oh. kind of don't have to tell me instead of going outside and being in the city you go outside and you're on a campsite it's just it's kind of nice you can rest and recharge yeah. mm-hmm. like we used to do like hostels and stuff I don't know if you have hostels out in the east Rob um, we probably do I don't think so in the north that's not a thing probably northish closer to Elliot Lake and the lakes um mm. <laughs> so like you just basically go and you bring all the same stuff you would with camping like clothes and food and whatever but you don't have to set up your site because it's essentially like a cabin um or a lodge or a motel type setup depending on the type of hostel i guess or grade yeah and you can do all the same activities as camping the outdoor stuff like they have camps or uh fire pits and usually like some sort of lake or woods but you don't have to worry about being too cold at night or your tent getting wet in the rain but again like the, the weather worked out so it was all fine it only took a couple mm-hmm. hours to set up and take down so it's good to know we have uh a lot of airbnb cottages available in ontario like vrbo type stuff so that's what I find people do. Yeah. So Nick, did you do anything interesting this summer aside from move several times? Uh, I mean, that was a big chunk of it. Mm-hmm. Um, God, what did I do? <laughs> See, I got way, do this. <laughs> I got way into the conservative leadership results, like <laughs> way into it. I was actually I was actually planning on going to see an Edmonton FC game because I hadn't done that yet. But I came back from going to the Mood Art Conservatory. Oh, I got a membership to the Mood Art. That was fun. I'm so glad I I've, I've broke even because <laughs> I'm not in Edmonton right now. <laughs> but I absolutely adore the Mood Art Conservatory, also pronounced Mud Art. Uh, I was going to ask um, if it's highly the way encouraged. It yeah, <laughs> obviously it's not. M U T T A R T. But I just honestly, I always want to put the umlaut on the U there. Um, so I did that. That was fun. I encourage anyone in the Edmonton area to go see the conservatory that we've just been talking about. Um. I spent some time unemployed and using Duolingo to learn French and German. 
Nice. Um, then I got employed again, and that quickly went by the wayside. <laughs> also, like, they have a streak structure, and I actually talked to a friend about this who also used Duolingo because she moved to Quebec not knowing a word of French. And... Like, the streak is great to keep you motivated when your streak is high. But once you break your streak, it's like, whatever. I already broke it. <laughs> right. Stupid streak. <laughs> break it as in not but, continue it. Correct. Okay. And I mean, I actually really, I found it really useful just as a free tool. But you could also really tell that it was a computer trying to trying to teach you how to speak French because there, there were a couple of like ambiguous phrases like goodbye or I want the right. thing. And <laughs> I put, I wrote down what I thought the answer should be. And it's like, no, that's not the answer. This is the answer. And then I'd pass it by Kaya who ha- can absolutely keep up in conversational French or can even work in French. And she's like, no, yeah, that's perfectly fine. I don't know why it's saying it's wrong. I'm like, Hmm. it's saying it's wrong because it's a computer and computers are stupid. I think the problem with learning a language, at least formally, is like in a classroom or app setting, I guess, is it's a literal academic learning of the language, but people don't speak academically. There's a lot of slang and just improper use of language. If that makes sense. I, mm, like, it's not that. Let's put it this way. It's more like... When I was learning Spanish in university as an elective, I would show my work to Maria, who is a native Spanish speaker, and she literally could not help me with it. She's like, I don't know any of this. Like, it was all grammar-based stuff. Like, I mean, she, she knew some of it, but a lot of the stuff that I had issues with... Um, she wasn't able to help me with it because it was very academic and like, oh, you know, the pronoun goes before the whatever, like, but using Spanish sentence structure. And that's, Hmm. that's just not how people generally speak. Or if they do, they don't know like how to structure it in like a formal setting. So I think that's where, when you're trying to learn a language through through an app, like you're going to have those exceptions where people don't, um, don't recognize it as a proper use. I know that when I was learning, when I learned French in school, I had a similar kind of problem where, like, I know Spanish and French both have the formal second person plural, uh, like formal verb, what do you call that, noun? Um, So in French, that would be vous, when you're addressing someone formally in Spanish, it's usted. Yep. And... So I always learned because we were talking with her, like I never really spoke conversationally with my classmates. So I would never use the informal version, but I would talk to my teacher all the time. So the only, like I learned how to conjugate vu really well, but I never really learned how to conjugate to. And so now that I'm in, now that I'm in government at work in, in Ottawa. Oh, you mean like the everyday verbs that you use? Interface. Yeah. Yeah. So like I get very confused. I'm like, should I use vu in this situation? I probably shouldn't, but. I also I'm much more comfortable in with that person in verb tenses. Right. So we're hitting on a couple of issues here and I find 
almost all of them really interesting in the sense of linguistics. Um, one issue, uh, Vu and Two, where Two is the, it's addressing someone informally, and Vu can be either addressing someone formally or addressing a large number of people. Yeah. Um, Vu and Two, especially in Quebec, apparently, like uh, in Quebecois French, people will almost never tell you to address them as Vu. Like, if you address them as Vu, the next sentence out of their mouth will be, no, no, two's fine. Yeah. I mean, not in English. E- exactly, but yeah. I've had that too. I, I find that interesting. Yeah. Um, the other thing, Mike, you were talking about, like, a conversational native speaker going, I can't yeah. help you with this. <laughs> um, I actually... I took a government test on my English communication abilities and part of it was like English grammar and stuff like that. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) A large chunk of that test was which of these sentences is better. And like literally I was reading through it and going like, I have no idea, but this sounds better. Mm -hmm. And so I think I managed to get like 40 out of 50. So I'm going to call that acceptable. Yeah. But, um, the other concept I ran into, which I find really interesting, is like the concept of high German versus German. Because within Germany, there are like five different ways to say the same thing, especially if you're talking like hello, goodbye, hmm. that kind of stuff. Or what was it? I think my friend was talking about Schweiz German or Swiss German. Mm-hmm. I probably just butchered that. <laughs> But uh, I was actually introduced to that concept when I worked at NRC because my boss was a Swiss German speaker and we had someone come from Germany. And so I heard them talking and it didn't sound like French. So I assumed it was German. But I asked, I asked my boss, I was like, oh, you, so you can speak in German to each other? And she's like, yeah, his high German's actually really good. And I was like, his <laughs> what? Sorry. <laughs> And it's like, well, I mean, all the Germans are so different that they kind of have a universally agreed upon high German that any German can use to speak mm. to one another, mm. which I suppose we also have like the Queen's English in English. Right. Except but it's just I find that a fascinating concept because like, I mean, if you were in Australia you could just start using colloquialisms or even here, like you could just start using colloquialisms mm-hmm. until someone from a different country, but does speak right. English would have no idea what you're talking about. Is it, mm. isn't it basically just language without slang? Like in English, you could say what's up to someone and they'd know what you meant, but to a non-English speaker, they'd be like, uh, like not knowing at all what you're saying, unless they've obviously heard that, that uh, slang used before. Right. So yeah, I think you just have to like back off and start speaking really properly, yeah, like li- speak literally, basically, so that someone could directly translate and know what you mean. Yes, speak properly and without colloquialism. Yeah, sounds really boring. That sounds as boring as Mike's camping trip. Sorry, I, I wanted to try and do a live translation there, but no, like the literally like the. The problem was I was saying things in literally a different way. Like, I want the peanut butter. You could say, I want the peanut butter, or I would like some peanut butter. Right. And it right. 
means roughly the same thing. Like, I'm expressing the same idea. But the computer's like, no, 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 no. You want to say this. Or, like, the other one was il faut, which is the craziest (laughs) grammatical structure, I think. So, like... Yeah, I agree. It wanted me to translate, I'm thirsty. So, I said, je soif. I I have thirst, which is how you express that in French. And it was like, no, 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 no. The translation is il faut boire. What? Which literally means, (laughs) right? (laughs) It literally means like, uh, like... Like I have the need for a drink? It is imperative... It is imperative to drink. Like, oh, I it see. must drink. Yeah. So, like, it's... Yeah, that's different. I Nobody actually talked to Kai that. about this, and I was like, <laughs> though that's the thing. And she's like, yeah, no, you, you don't say... Like, you would say that if someone was literally, like, dying of thirst and they yeah. need to drink. Yeah. And she looked up a bunch of examples for me. Also, fun fact about the verb fo only ever translates with ill. Like... There's no other conjugation of it. Yeah. Yeah. And they use it a lot in things like legislation, like we must address how we treat the native peoples of Canada, like in context like that, or we must adapt to a changing climate. Yeah. But never any other way. So, yeah, that was that was one where I was particularly frustrated with Mm. or like Mm. I'm thirsty or I'm hungry. So I would just say je soif or uh, je femme. And the other problem I was having is Duolingo is teaching Parisian French. Yeah, definitely. And so, I don't know what I would say. Rob, vous êtes belle. Or beau. <laughs> I don't think sure. so. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> vous êtes beau, is that, is that okay? I think it's fine. But it, you don't have to use the formal. <laughs> vous êtes un homme. No, I'm trying to... I'm trying to address a point here. So yeah. I said I can understand that. And like, I've actually heard some people from France speaking and I can kind of get the gist of what they're trying to say. But when Kaya says the same thing, she would say, Vous êtes and I'm like, so that's what Quebecois French sounds like. eh?" <laughs> yeah. The the problem that I have mostly in Ottawa, at least, is like because there's so much overlap between French and English speakers, a lot of French just borrows English whenever it wants to. And as a native English speaker who <laughs> knows French, I never know when it's okay to borrow English. I'm like, can I just borrow all the English words <laughs> in my speaking and then I'm just speaking English? It seems reasonable to me that if it's easier for me to find an English word than a French word, I'll just use that. And so I end up never speaking French. Like le weekend and le stop sign, <laughs> the parking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you've got to say it with the. Don't you mean station mall? You've got to say it with the French accent, <laughs> though, Rob. That's that's what makes it. Is the borrowed word, but said yeah. in. So I, if I just speak, yeah, it's like in Spanish yeah. you have el wifi, right? <laughs> it's not el wifi. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Spanish. Yeah, not not Wi-Fi, but wifi, right? That's how you say it. <laughs> Clearly, those are two entirely different words. <laughs> like, oh, wifi. See. 
is that is that a conversation it is actually had? mike wi-fi <laughs> wi-fi what except it's the other way around oh it was, easy, it was the other way around. said wi-fi and i was like wi-fi they're like oh wi-fi <laughs> <laughs> oh that's great oh, languages are fun yeah this is why it's so hard to learn them uh yeah totally hmm the crazy and in summation that is what i did this summer <laughs> the crazy thing are, are we also are we talking um are we talking personal tech later because i can update that too yeah okay. later the crazy thing coming back or wrapping up language i guess is that as kids and especially after having a kid it's mind-boggling to think that you just naturally learn a language without really intentionally teaching or learning it you just pick it up mm-hmm I don't know. That's really weird. Yeah, it it's is like looking down at your daughter, being like, "How are you yeah, doing?" Yeah, saying words. <laughs> like I try and I try and I try, and it's so hard, and you're just figuring it out. Damn kids, they don't know what it's like to be old. <laughs> so before we actually before we wrap up next summer, you you just put an item in here: conservative leadership results, Nick. Um, oh, I got way into that. You mentioned you got way into it. So the, obviously the first thing I did was go to vodkaandequations.blogspot.com and I see no posts about it. So I don't think you got that far into it. Oh, that is a valid point. <laughs> I actually thought about, I thought about writing it, but I also thought that I, I don't know that what I have to say is all that valuable. But what I can tell you is I thought that the Conservative Party of Canada was going in a really exciting direction under Maxime Bernier and like a very libertarian approach to things, which I mean, is is one thing that unites through, I mean, almost all of the conservative subgroups, I would I would suppose like. If you were talking in Alberta, you'd say like the Wild Rose and PC factions, like everyone has a little bit of libertarian in them. Right. And I mean, they, they went from Maxime Bernier, who is this, like, I was really excited to see what his approach would be in government. Um, just because there's very little social conservatism, but if you're also going for true libertarianism and like that manner of spending, mm-hmm. this where it's like, no, we don't spend a lot because we don't tax a lot. What's libertarianism? I just think that would be for those that don't know. I know, but just for those that don't know. Uh, sure, Mike. <laughs> libertarianism, like the long and short of libertarian, would be. It's very close to classical small L liberalism, where it's just like. Are you are you hurting other people? No, do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> and it also goes along with, with like government spending. No, we're not going to do that. We're not going to tax you a whole lot either, but we're not going to spend a whole lot on non-essentials. Right. Hmm. So it would have been a large dialing back of all form of taxation, but also a large dialing back of government spending. And I mean, so that's, my that's, thoughts on the matter aside, I think it would be interesting to see how that goes. So that's opposed to the NDP model of 
promise lots of spending, but also don't have taxes and then wonder, hey, oh, we don't have money for this. Sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, high taxing, high spending. Well, there's minimal taxing, high promises of spending and then no spending. Pardon? Never mind. I mean, they're spending. Well, no, okay. like, no the, like, the whole thing, at least provincially, was both the PCs and the Wild Rose were saying, okay, well, in order to do this, we have to raise taxes. And he's like, we're not going to raise taxes, but we'll also do this. And then the whole thing with like the math doesn't add up. And everyone's like, oh, well, the NDP has the right idea. And then later down the road, when. Oh, I don't know if you remember this, but I actually moved to Calgary like right before that election so i didn't uh, hear like almost okay. anything leading up to the election yeah i know the whole thing was like i just yeah. got here and was like oh we're voting wow yeah. <laughs> i think the ndp's excuse now is that they were budgeting or counting on like 70 60 or 70 dollar oil prices like from a royalty income and everyone else was like why would you expect that like that's not even remotely close to what would be a realistic uh projection and that's and that's why the others weren't promising spending however much. So then when it came down to it after everyone predictably or the predictable forty five to fifty dollar oil prices, they're like, Oh well we don't have money for this. It's like, yeah, we could have told you that like two years ago. But anyway. Yeah. Um I like if we were saying like in terms of ideology, I would compare it to like the Nordic model where their taxes are through the roof, but like everyone's happy and they spend just they spend like paul martin on three bottles of rye <laughs> just <laughs> my favorite description i'm borrowing from rick mercer right. so with makes sense um so coming back to the libertarianism definition you're saying as long as it doesn't hurt anyone but generally high taxes will inevitably quote-unquote hurt people depending on your tax structure and is the idea that you're taxing people who can afford it to support those who can't? With libertarianism yeah. or With social libertarianism. democracy? I'm wondering how close it comes to oh, libertarianism. democracy, I guess, as you put it. I, you don't help people. Like, the government... The idea with a lot of libertarian stuff is like the government shouldn't be involved in welfare and stuff like that. Okay. Like, just take less money from people and that's your form of welfare. Right. But usually it's not the people who need it that are benefiting from that. Well, that would be my thought. Those represent my thoughts on the matter. So low tax, low spend. Hmm. But I mean, you could also say like just raise the raise the floor on non-taxable income. I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff like the really hardcore libertarians also they don't want you to like have the Canadian food inspection agency or like stuff like that, like regulatory bodies. Mm. It's like, no, no, just let public or let the private industry figure it out. If someone screws up, people will stop buying from them <laughs> and then like, you know, things will get better. That it really strikes me how much like, communism is a great idea in theory but terrible in practice like libertarianism has that same thing to me like yeah that sounds great except that that would that fails horribly again and again and again like private industry doesn't correct itself it just 
like people would die and then nothing would happen. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, before environmental regulations, lakes and rivers had a tendency to catch fire. Yep. And now we have environmental regulations and that doesn't happen so much anymore. (laughs) But I mean, I mean, there is an intrinsic or there is an internal logic to it and it could work if executed properly. I'm sure it's just I don't think we've seen a really good example of it. But sorry, getting back to the actual results of the conservative leadership, I mean, the race also saw Kelly Leach talking about screening people for con- or, uh, Canadian values, which yeah, was insane, widely criticized as mm. being dog whistle politics. Yep. And I had to look this up because I didn't know what that this was but regarding like, citizenship status. OK. Yeah. Like if you're an immigrant, you should take a a thing for Canadian values. And so the concept of dog whistle politics is you're saying something to someone, but only they can hear it. So like you're speaking to the, uh, what is often called the alt-right or bunch of racists as they're also known. Mm. Um, and saying like, you know, we're going to make sure that people who, aren't going to be good Canadians don't get into Canada. But then that also raises the question of like, what are Canadian values exactly? What are yeah. you going to screen for? And she just like, Oh, you know, Canadian values. Oh, so like the people who support Canadians. them know what that means. And everyone who doesn't hears that and is like, Oh yeah, that sounds like a good idea, but they're not really understanding. Yeah. It's like, right, I don't right. see a problem with that intrinsically. Yeah. yeah. No, that's, hmm. I hadn't that's heard that term before. Politics. That's cool. That, that was also a criticism of Harper when he proposed the um, barbaric cultural practices hotline. <laughs> yeah. Where like, yeah. you know, you could say, well, if someone is engaging in barbaric cultural practices, it's probably a good idea to have a hotline. I mean, there's also the police that you could call. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's not specifically a barbaric cultural practices hotline. So, I mean, that's also... I mean, a lot of fear related to immigrants has to do with things like honor killings where you'll kill family members if they do something that you think will bring dishonor to your family, Um, which is done in some places and I think has happened once or twice here. But I mean, honestly, we have the police for that. So that's called murder. That isn't that's not unique to any culture or religion. Like there are people who are killed as a result right. of their Christian families disapproving of something they do. Well, I think the point is that it's, it's just it's that justified. White people wouldn't call it well, that. No, it's it's that it. the people who do it justify it by saying that this is why we did it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Based, based on cultural acceptance in other parts of the world. Right. Yeah. So maybe you could screen those people for Canadian values. My tongue is in my cheek. That mm. was very sarcastic. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, so there was Kelly Leach and like, honestly, that and a couple other things that have been happening, like I, especially after, oh, what was it? The conservative leadership in in Alberta, I was really concerned about the rise of this, like, alternative right group as they would call themselves also known as a bunch of racist assholes yes um but there there's a lot of hateful rhetoric and 
violence and threats of violence. Like all the people proposing that we assassinate Rachel Notley because that is a thing that happens. Mm. I'm just, I'm tremendously concerned about that and like the rise of people like Kelly Leach because it means that there are people in Canada who have these incredibly hateful views. And I think it's very easy to go down a very dark path as a country. If you start appealing to those people, we'll start to get normalized. And I, yeah. And I mean, I think, I think that to a low level, it's always there because it will always rise when it's given a voice. Yeah. Yeah. It's just up to the silent majority to, strongly express their opinions that that's wrong and that's not how we want to conduct ourselves as a society and so that was part of why i got way into it because i just you see some warning signs around like um a lot of the people campaigning for i think it was kenny's stuff like they were pretty rough on a couple of the other candidates like oh who was it like one of the Oh, why can't I think of her name? I think Sandra Jansen, like she was like, she was chased down a hallway by some Kenny supporters at one point and just like, you know, asked them to leave her alone and they wouldn't, they just kept harassing her. And so things like that, I just was very concerned. And then in the end, the conservatives went with the boring option and went for Andrew Scheer. Yeah. And there was just this tremendous battle of ideologies. And they were like, no, no, we're going for Stephen Harper with a smile. Have you guys heard of the paradox of tolerance? No, not by name. Uh, it's the idea that if a society or a group of people is endlessly tolerant, they will eventually succumb to intolerance from the people who are intolerant. And so in order to be a, in order to have a tolerant society, that society must be intolerant of intolerance. What? That's interesting. It's a, it's a, like a philosophical paradox that was proposed at the end of the second world war. And basically the, the, all these, like we're, we're not talking, we're talking about like the Canadian version of this, but in the States, there are all kinds of so-called another dog whistle of free speech um, protests going on. And then these much larger counter protests forming of people who are trying to be intolerant of intolerance and how we, you can't just sit there and say, no, 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 we have to let people, we have to be tolerant of people, even if they're saying things that are hateful, like, no, you actually can't because if you just keep tolerating it, and they are not tolerating eventually that any freedom of tolerance you have will be taken away by the intolerant people. I think I've heard of it more constructed in the concept of free speech and how people say, Oh, well, it's a free country or, Oh, I, it's my right to speak. It's like, yeah, but you're also going to have consequences for what you say. So you can say whatever you want, but that doesn't mean there's no consequences. Right. So it's it's along the same lines as like, you can't let, yeah, hateful or improper things go without consequence. Even if it's not legal punishment, there needs to be some sort of repercussion yeah. for those actions mm-hmm. and those words. Mm-hmm. But it's like, yeah, you have every right to say it. That doesn't mean that you can say it without 
without repercussion. Yeah. Well, also, the Constitution of the United States only protects free speech in that the federal government can't stop you from saying things. Yeah. Yeah. And that doesn't extend. I believe there are exceptions about hate speech where you actually can't like there are you can say whatever you want other than these very specific things. And so that's where kind of dog whistling comes into play there, where they're not being hateful unless you know what their coded language actually mm. is trying to say. Right. And so when you hear at this point in the United States, if you hear that there is a quote free speech protest going on, that is actually a dog whistle for something much mm. more sinister. And that's why there are these counter protests popping right. up. It's, it's all it, like, it's an insanely confusing time to live in because words are constantly changing meaning depending on who's using them. It's very frustrating right. to try to keep up with the news and often much easier not to. When the crazy thing is, coming back to dog whistling, I imagine that it was pretty or is pretty frequently used by like terrorist groups when they're trying to organize and recruit and all that kind of stuff, right? So mm. it's like, it's always had this more sinister or malicious intent to it. Like, I don't think anyone would dog whistle for good, Right. Unless you're in a persecution-based society where, like, right. you get persecuted for being a certain way in, a like, trying to, mm -hmm. you know, support women's rights, right? And then you have to start dog-whistling, yeah. like, for those types of things. But generally, like, you're going to be dog-whistling because otherwise you'd get in trouble if you said it outright. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there have been a lot of, like, really interesting memetics, which is, which is what I'm calling this study of memes. <laughs> uh going around this like th with the whole rise of this uh like basically they call themselves the alt-right but basically white supremacists uh coming up where like there was that meme about uh i forget what it was but it was like someone uh, i'm gonna have to go look it up now but like the the this is the future liberals want meme. oh yeah right where <laughs> a picture of something that's like again going back to libertarianism if you're not hurting anyone like who cares kind of let people be people and uh how it's like yeah that actually kind of is the future we want like there's nothing wrong with anything that's in this picture and uh yeah i have I, not seen that one i'm gonna i'm yeah. gonna have to go find it because i'm trying to remember now but so much stuff has happened in that time uh yeah i'm gonna have to go find know your meme there it is yeah yeah it's it's, it's, it's a, a so it's, it's a, a pretty versatile meme i think like you can pretty much put this is the future is, liberals yeah. want on whatever picture yeah yeah the um yeah <laughs> this is the future liberals want and then the post <laughs> the, the the original picture is just so funny because it's posted by i think that i assume this is like a 4chan yeah 4chan's uh board and we're just like, yeah, actually that like people being able to just peacefully coexist being. Yeah, who I'm they looking are. at it, too. And I'm like, yeah, I don't see anything wrong with this. <laughs> it sounds it seems fine. Nobody's doing anything wrong. Oh, the thing on the bus. Yeah. And, right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the whole this whole summer, like spring, summer of 2017 has just been trying to <sighs> trying to figure out what is going on with 
two sides, seemingly two sides of society that ha- are completely in opposition to each other. I'm just loving the other examples of the future that yeah. liberals want, <laughs> by the by. Yeah, it's a very good meme. And oh, it's are, tremendous. There are lots of them like this. <laughs> I've, I've been seeing a lot of, yeah. like, I don't go on Twitter. Well, I've been going on it more recently because it's Twitter. But before I try to, like, moderate it, more in the height of, like, the Trump election, it was like every single tweet was related to that. I'm like, this is too much. Yeah. Now it's basically yeah. just, like, a back and forth flame war. But I'm yeah. basically only getting one side of it because of who I follow, mm-hmm. which I'm not complaining about. But it's more like yeah. I can only take so much all at once. But I, I see a yeah. lot of the, you know, I can't believe the site is free type tweets because there's just like so many examples of like quality people being owned and or self-owning. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. like, I don't know, yeah. it's it's good humor and stuff but it's all centered around this yeah like you're saying like just this whole weird kind of past 12 months i'd say of just weirdness mm-hmm. but i don't think you're really exposed to it yep. outside of twitter really you can be like you you see it pop up every once in a while on facebook these social circles will clash and there'll just be this big argument it can't but as it easily like more often on twitter yeah it can't as easily enter your your filter bubble on Facebook. Like all it takes on Twitter is for it, someone it, that you follow to retweet something. Yeah. There's in the same kind of mechanic mm-hmm. with Facebook as much, or at least it's not used as, as often. Like there's obviously sharing posts, but that's not really what Facebook is used for. Right. Well, at least not by us. Maybe, like there are I social, that's, and that's what I'm yeah. saying is that there are places where those social circles are more likely to overlap. And anytime someone decides, Hey, uh, <laughs> I'm actually going to comment right. on this now and then get into some right. big dispute, which I have done several times right? and regretted every well, one. Well, for one, I block people that that occurs with on Facebook. Yeah. And yeah, I think yeah. the main thing I get is like the religious stuff. Like there's, there's mm-hmm. people on my Facebook that are really various degrees of religiousness and they'll share something be like, Oh, amen or whatever. And it's like, okay, like <laughs> scroll, scroll, scroll. I was, <laughs> The the thing that that gets me with that is, it seems to often, at least not every time, uh, come from something where like you you. I think to myself like I'm not a, a devoutly religious person. I've read parts of the Bible when I was quite a bit younger, but I'm like I'm pretty sure I could pull a direct quote from the Bible that says the exact opposite of what you're describing mm-hmm. right now. And so like people will twist religion into anything that they need. And well, it's built on that, really. It kind of just proves. Well, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Most religions are a group of people with a shared morality. Yeah. That you know will read the yeah. Bible accordingly. And like, mm-hmm. It was built on priests cherry picking things they wanted to include. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Have you read yeah. about the Book of Eve? <laughs> Ooh, that's a doozy. I, I haven't, but I can only imagine. No, I haven't. Oh, you can only read about it because they actually destroyed all the copies. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Oh, it's there are a few articles. Oh no. It's it's pretty interesting. <laughs> um No, there's also things like judge not lest ye be judged and yeah. that which you do to the least of my brothers you do unto me. Mm-hmm. Those are big ones. Yeah, I have some problems with uh some of these things that 
that take place. But there's only so much you can do. It's true. I don't know what you guys have. I've really started reflecting every time I read something on the internet, to, usually to do with politics, but just in general, I'm now almost especially if it is a point of view that I agree with, I'd look at it and I'm like, wait, just re-examine this once in my mind and make sure that I'm not just, not just confirming my bias. Like, first of all, is this even a thing? Like try to actually go and not just read the headline, but read mm-hmm. what's actually inside any, like whether it be a video, whether it be yeah. like a news article. Am I confirming a bias? And if so, am I actually sure that there's something wrong here? And a surprising amount of the time, I'm not sure that other people on any side of the political spectrum are actually doing that. But I'm also surprised at how often that even something that confirms my bias is actually just inherently true. So, for instance... Well, listen to someone biased towards facts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Rob, facts can be used to provo- prove anything that's even remotely true. <laughs> facts schmacked. Rob, I think what you're saying yeah. is, like, the ones yeah. where it says, oh, this person was uh, whatever, like, so-and-so said whatever to this person because they were wearing whatever, right? And there's, like, all the reaction, like, oh, my mm-hmm. God, I can't believe, like, oh, like, and it's like, well, did, a, yeah, like you said, did that actually happen? Is this being taken out of context? Mm-hmm. Like, what's the story behind it? Like, trying to, yeah, trying to be critical that yeah. instead of just like and retweet. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I, I agree. Yeah. And it's, it's hard because no, it's almost like there needs to be rules of engagement when it comes to the news now. And, but it's really hard just like in an actual war where you're fighting people and people die. It's hard to patrol that. And it's very easy for somebody to break the rules. And so if, even if you don't, even if you kind of follow those best practices, not everyone's going to do that. And you end up losing because of that. It's a, it's a very hard time to try to be like a fact-based human. Yeah. Because there's just so much opinion and lies <laughs> swirling around. And also nukes from North Korea. Yes, maybe. I Possibly. mean, yeah, I, as far as I know, we're like talking about North Korea. They have been threatening. They have been making threats for years, if not decades. And haven't actually followed through on anything like they're so far they've been literally all talk i mean and so like i'm concerned i'm very concerned and firing missiles into the sea of japan or is it past yeah yeah okay so the pacific i agree it's it's very concerning but responding by trying to like i get calling their bluff but I don't know if I understand making an even bigger bluff back if you're not actually prepared to back it up. It's it's obviously a very hard diplomatic game, but it's hard to think about, oh, this is just a game when there's actual people's lives at stake that aren't you. It's true. Hmm. Hmm. 
this this is basically what my summer has been like to be honest like i put so, i wrote some stuff in the thing but honestly most of my summer has been like oh what's reality anymore like can i trust facts i think at this and point it turns out, it's all just surreal now it's mm-hmm. like at first it was shocking but then the more you see it the more it's like yeah that sounds about right and now it's just yeah. that's where i'm at now mm-hmm. i heard 10 year olds swearing on the playground yesterday and i was appalled where did you get those dirty mouths? Hmm. And then I remembered the internet. I was like, oh, makes yep. sense. <laughs> so uh, I feel like we have the opportunity to take this home. All I'm going to say, the highlight of my summer is that I went to the U.S. to see the eclipse. And I'll say that I talked all about it. Uh on the Thought Grapes YouTube video. So if you go to thoughtgrapes.com, you will find my thoughts on it. I've talked for 20 minutes with with lots of visuals about the eclipse. And I feel like with your permission, again, maybe we need a motion for this. We can end on possibly the most important thing. Peanut butter? Does that sound okay with you, Nick? Yes. I think that's a fabulous way to end this. Mm. So you were eating peanut butter as this episode began Mm -hmm. and why don't you describe the type of peanut butter you're eating and why you think it is the best i was eating chunky peanut butter Mm -hmm. this is the first degree of inspection we were going to go towards yes and i feel chunky peanut butter is superior based on texture and that additional level of interest past flavor Mike, what are your thoughts on peanut butter? Specifically, the chunky versus smooth question. I tried chunky. It did not. It did Uh-oh. not stick, so to speak. Wait, you mean it did stick? No. And that's why it was bad. It was no. Was, you ruined a quality <laughs> pun, Rob. Wait, <laughs> Mike, are you a smoother? I am a smoother. Chunky's chunky's too wow. bitter for me. Bitter? What? Just. The chunky parts, they like clash with the creaminess and it's just, it's not enjoyable. It's like pick one, be either crunchy or smooth. Don't be both. Crunchy. No, like. (laughs) So what I'm hearing, what I'm hearing is that what I see is the future liberals want (laughs) chunks of peanut alongside creamy, smooth peanut butter. Wait, what is it? Does it make me? And you just can't uh. bear it, can you? You just want a melting pot, no. don't you, Mike? It's like if it was a layer. I can't believe I raided with you. If it was a, we got Zapdos and Raikou and Art Articuno. Well, you got Articuno and Lugia. If it was a layer, and all the while, if it was a layer of crunchy, crushed up peanuts, sans butter, it would be great. If it was a layer of smooth, creamy, buttery peanut butter, that'd be great. I don't want it mixed. My mouth cannot decide which one to focus Your on. Your mouth cannot handle. No, it, Let's it be honest. It, it can't. I, I fully admit it cannot handle it. It's just too confusing. So I, I went back to smooth. But I did try. Wow. It's, it's documented on wow. Facebook and everything. I mean, not documented. Oh, you better get the answer to the next mentioned. question right, Mike. <laughs> oh, man. It's like, so, it's like with black coffee. I tried it. And it, it, it didn't work. 
as you can probably predict from my visceral reaction to Mike's incorrect opinion, uh, chunky peanut butter is obviously the answer to this first question. I, I don't understand. Like peanuts are the ultimate snack. Again, maybe debatable, you that, but, okay. but I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> but why wouldn't you want bits of peanut butter? Like peanut butter, good. Chunks of peanuts, good. Why wouldn't you want to mix them? <laughs> True. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm. I, although I, I took a long absence there to deal with Mike's. Let's call it disapprobation <laughs> of black coffee. <laughs> Black coffee is the ultimate in homogeneity, Black coffee is fine. There's not chunks of coffee bean in the coffee. I don't know what your objection is. Okay, so now you're building up a straw man, for one. Black coffee is fine. And I I am prepared to tear that straw man down, sir. Black coffee is fine if it's made to the proper strength. So, like, Latin America has this thing called tinto, which is basically like weak black coffee. And it's good. It's fine. Like, it's a nice... It's almost refreshing, right? It's like you sit down for a cup of coffee with someone, but they don't make it strong. You don't put cream or sugar. You put maybe... Or you put maybe a bit of sugar. You don't add cream. Unless it's like cafe con leche, which is like its own thing. But... So you have a cup of coffee. It's generally black and it's a bit weaker. And that's fine. I That is what it is. Like, I have that for what it is. But when I'm talking just a cup of coffee from wherever, it's like, I gotta put stuff in it. I can't, I can't drink it black. So wait, where are we saying wherever? Like like a like, like a, a typical s- north what, what? a typical coffee place that serves coffee at regular strength. Unless they have like a carafe okay. of weaker coffee that they reserve for people who drink it black. So Okay, so I can weigh in slightly mm-hmm. here because you can get very different cups of black coffee from very different That's places. what I don't like, though. Like, I can't re- I can't hang my okay, hat d- on a good cup of coffee if I re- <clears throat> rely on it being good black. N- just, just okay. hold on. Sorry. Sorry. Hold I'll on. let We're you. in there. <clears throat> so second cup <laughs> or Starbucks, I can drink it black because there's enough, there's enough going on in there that I can get behind it. But a place like Diner Coffee, let's say, I'm the most frustrating customer at a diner when I order coffee because they'll say, what do you want to drink? I say coffee. They say, do you take it black? And I say, I don't know. What's the brew strength like? (laughs) And they're like, (laughs) and they're like, get out. (laughs) I pushed the button this morning. Basically, I I honestly think if they had the power, I would have been ejected Uh, several times by now because they go, I like, I don't know. Like, what do you want? (laughs) and so yeah yeah so then i taste it and if it's strong enough that i can like actually taste the the delicious coffeeness in there i'm like i'm okay but if it's weak and it's just like coffee ran through there on stilts and i'm not actually sure what i'm drinking then i will take cream and sugar because then there's some actual flavor in there see i think that issue which i think is the opposite of what you're proposing i think that issue can be dealt with by like it's obviously easy enough at a takeout place because you just taste the coffee and if it's not great then you just add whatever to it at the little condiment bar at a diner just like won't they normally bring cream and sugar on the side and bring it to you anyway so just well they ask right so then say yes and then they'll bring it to you you can drink it black if you want 
This seems like a very easily solvable problem, Nick, instead of tormenting them with ridiculous questions of <laughs> brew strength. Well, it's pointless for them to bring the stuff out of the fridge if I don't need it. I assure you they're wasting more time dealing with your questions than just bringing the stuff over and taking it back <laughs> if they need to. <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> I mean, they would have to take it back anyway. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, and you also, if they do bring it to you at up front, you have the opportunity once you get the coffee, if it is good enough, you don't need cream and sugar, you can say, actually, thank you, but I don't need this. Your coffee is excellent without exactly. it. You're welcome, Nick. You solved your problem. Are we done with peanut butter now? <laughs> I no, we didn't even this. get to the real no, question. No, this is, we are moving on to the second <laughs> column of the matrix here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So again, Nick, I think I know the answer to this question, but what is your answer to which is the best peanut butter? Is it natural peanut butter that has only one ingredient or the monstrosity that is regular craft peanut butter? I feel like you guys aren't going to like my answer. Okay. Okay. We've given so up on you, let's, Mike. <laughs> let's do the thing that drives Kaya nuts when I talk. And break that down a little further. Okay. Are we actually talking like on on a continuum of pure peanut butter to craft? No. Or are we talking the continuum of pure peanut butter to craft and craft-like products? Craft and craft-like. It doesn't have to be that specific sub-brand. Okay. In that case, I almost always go for craft and craft-like. Oh, interesting. I, I now Ooh. I make hummus fairly regularly. Not so much right now, but I I have made it in the past with fair regularity and I've used tahini and I'm fine with stirring everything up before spreading. That's not the issue. But I would rather just not stir it. Also. Specifically, I find craft itself very, very sweet. That's the sugar. And so I don't... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't like craft. I actually used to prefer Skippy because they didn't put as much... They don't put as much sugar in there. Yeah. And so I used to... Yeah, I used to do Skippy. I've recently tried Planters and I... I like Planters peanut butter. Mm. Hmm. That said, the craft peanut butter that we had, we accidentally got light peanut butter, which was, <laughs> it was low fat peanut butter. And just what's the point? It's true. Yeah. It was just hollow. It, it lacked peanutty goodness. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why you would just, yeah, anyway, it was stupid. I hated it. <laughs> but I also found I had to stir that one constantly, at which point it's like, why am I even bothering with this? No, I know why I was bothering with it because yeah. we already had it and I didn't want to go buy, mo- buy like <laughs> another kilo or two of it. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we don't even have to ask Mike here because clearly he also made the wrong choice. So me not liking peanut soup, I don't think that can mm. be held against me. <laughs> Just if you do it the right, it's not peanut soup. Oh, well, okay. So I have a question for you guys since you've judged me on my peanut butter choices where do you guys land on the salad dressing selection do you go what 
do you go refrigerated salad aisle or the next to the ketchup Crack. next to the ketchup on the <laughs> shelf across from the crackers I go for Renee's, mm. which must be like must be refrigerated because it doesn't have preservatives in it. Mm. Rob, I go for the only real salad dressing I have, which is ranch, which I use in my wraps. Mm-hmm. And Jesus Christ, Rob! Just let him finish. That that is potentially not the worst part. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, it's not the worst part. <laughs> <laughs> I I have to I have to say I also go with craft, but I uh, I just don't care. How dare you? Dressings. How dare you judge me on my peanut butter? So when what, like what I want to say when like is that a savage, you grab your salad dressing from the <laughs> unrefrigerated section of the grocery store. I put it in the fridge after oh, I good. get it. Oh, um. well, that completely makes up for your disgusting palate. I hope you like um, your vinegar sauce. All I, Yeah, it's great. Um, I, I just want to say, I don't mean to denigrate Kraft itself as a company because the peanut butter that I get is Kraft, but it is natural and chunky because Kraft is not a bad company. Far from it. It's just that they have now gotten on board the correct peanut butter train and make a line of natural peanut butters as well that are just peanuts. Mm-hmm. I don't want my peanut butter sullied by any extra salt or sugar. And I do not care about salad dressings enough to spread have you them. Had, have you had Renee's Mighty Caesar? Yeah. Oh man, it's delicious. And you still don't care. Well, I don't really have Caesar salads that often, if at all. What do you, what do you dip your pizza crusts into, Rob? You put, it, you put it on your wrap. It's so much better than ranch. I actually loved ranch as a child, and then the first time I tried Caesar salad dressing, mm. I was basically over ranch forever. <laughs> Any time from that point forward that I had ranch dressing, I was like, huh, this is pretty sweet. I would probably rather have Caesar salad dressing on this. Okay, so... That's a fair point. As far as ranch goes, you have to be careful, because in the refrigerated aisle, they'll have... I think they call it, like, homestyle ranch, and then ranch... Mm. And homestyle ranch is like okay. extra onions, which is fine if that's what you want. But you just got to be careful because mm. it's like you try mm. to say, like, man, this is a lot of onion in it. And then I looked at it and there's like a couple onions on the front of the homestyle ranch jar. Right. And the other one didn't have it. So I was like, OK, that must be the difference. Hmm. Give give the refrigerator so a try, Rob. We're just all over. We are all over the spectrum on this. Yeah, we are. It turns out. Peanut butter is complicated, but I do still feel that I am the one true peanut king in this, and nothing any of you can say will change my opinion, having tried all other peanut butters. I think we Rob, can... Rob, let me, let me ask you a question here. Or let, me just, let me just add something on here. Hmm. When I made carbonara the yes. last couple times, fried up the bacon, got the eggs and the pepper ready... Mm-hmm. I got the Parmesan ready, mixed it all together. But when I went to eat it, the taste, and I remember this taste from all through university because I had this problem all through university. The taste was a little bit hollow. That's the best way I can describe it. It was a little bit hollow. And so I added a touch of salt and the flavor was right where it needed to be. 
Yeah. That's where I want my peanut butter. I want my peanut butter right where it needs to be. In that case, I would suggest next time get, I mean, when your peanut butter runs out, get some natural peanut butter. It doesn't have to be a big thing. Get a little thing if you want to try. Can I add xanthan gum if I don't want to stir it every time? Sure. Or you can add, and you can add some salt to the peanut butter if you want. But that point, you get to control your levels and not have sodium overload every time you want to eat a sandwich or toast. I mean, at that point, I actually want a food processor. I've (laughs) wanted a food processor for years. I think I should just roast some peanuts in the oven, throw that into a food processor, and just make the damn thing myself. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely you should. So, despite our differences on peanut butter and salad dressing, I think we can all agree that that Nick makes... Nick Nick wins when it comes to bread, because if if you haven't tried his homemade sourdough, oh man, I still think about that bread, Nick. Oh, right, Mike's tried that I still think about that bread. Whenever I go walk through the grocery store, <laughs> going through the bread section, I'm like, I why 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 even bother? Oh, mm. mm. <laughs> Mike, it's true though. Okay, well, in that case, thank you all for listening to this episode of Seeds of Thought. I hope you enjoy it, episode three, and uh, at some point we'll be back recording another episode of some show, but who knows? We did not spend any time figuring out what that's going to be. That's a, a project for us in the next couple of weeks. Coming up on the second episode of Thought Grapes. What are we doing? What will we be doing? What? What, I ask you, what? See you next time. Bye. Well, we can all agree, even if we disagree on peanut butter, we can agree on apparently that bread, although I have not tried it. I believe you. But we can all agree to condemn white supremacy and not much else, I guess. I wish the most of our problems was grocery store choices. That'd be great. Agreed. One day, one day in the not too distant future, this will be the height of our difference. And I celebrate that. That is the future liberals want.